Who's tired of bad news? Don't you just want something that makes you smile, laugh, or feel good? Whether you start your day with this podcast or listen when you need a mood boost, your daily chocolate is a quick, calorie-free way to feel good. In less than 15 minutes, you'll hear funny stories, clean jokes, and interviews with inspirational people. Your host, Patty Deutsch, is bound and determined to counterbalance all the negativity that's out there today. Just give yourself a moment to indulge in these bite-sized stories. It'll be good for you. Happy Independence Day, y'all. Whether you're listening to this on July 4th or sometime this week or maybe sometime later, I hope you remember why we celebrate the 4th of July. It's Independence Day. We all know that. Uh, But it's really about our freedoms. And the United States enjoys so many freedoms especially when you look at some of the countries around the world. I know that most of you are eternally grateful for that, but we can't even begin to enjoy our freedoms without thanking those who have sacrificed so much to pay for those. And I'm talking about our military, whether they're serving today, last year, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. It's because of their efforts uh, that we are free. So keep that in mind on Independence Day and every day. Uh, and thank a veteran, for sure. I'm really thrilled to have as my guest today, Mike Conklin, who is the founder of a nonprofit in the Bay Area called Sentinels of Freedom. They support wounded or severely injured veterans as they transition back into non-military life. The work that they do is awe-inspiring, and I hope you enjoy hearing from Mike. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on your Daily Chocolate. I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Patty. It's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah. So we go back quite a ways. Um, uh, not as far back as when you started Sentinels of Freedom, but uh, you have some great partnerships with uh, companies, and, and that's how we kind of crossed paths. But I know, I mean, you started Sentinels of Freedom, what, 2001? And I think you had you had some sons that were Army Rangers, if I'm not mistaken yep. and so tell me how it all came about sure sure okay so this started actually as a, as uh, i'd gotten mad because i went to a high school graduation where a bunch of kids that i knew were going in the military that was 97. oh and uh, the principal of school didn't mention any of them mentioned the valedictorian mentioned the football star the science star even the special needs kid uh, but didn't say anything about these kids that were making the highest commitment a high school senior can make, that is joining our military and serving our nation. So I gathered all the principals up and I said, I, what's wrong with you? And they said, what? Yeah, you know, you're right. We should be honoring them, but they don't, we don't know who they are. They don't come talk to us or the career counselor. They go talk to the recruiters. We find out about it later. Ah. Oh, and then I went down to the recruiters and I said, all right, well, I'm, next May, I need all the names from these three high schools. And they said, we can't do that privacy. Oh my. So then I went back a week later and I had a big stack of invitations. And I said, we're going to have an honoring lunch in a local restaurant. We're inviting the parents, the mayor, the police chief, fire chief, our business executives from the community. And we're going to honor these recruits properly. And they kind of all looked at me like, yeah, right. And I said, now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you these envelopes. And when I walk out of this room, I'm going to almost guarantee you're going to put those in the round file. 
And if you do, here's what's going to happen. We've already advertised it. We already have kids coming with their parents. We already have the mayor coming, everybody else. If I get an angry call from a parent afterwards saying, why wasn't my son or daughter fighting? I'm not going to have them call you. I'm going to give them your commander's number and let you explain to them (laughs) why you couldn't get your recruit there. Yes. So they figured it out. And the first, uh, first lunch, I think we had 15. It was fabulous. And so we just kept doing that by nine 11, we had honored probably close to 200. What was our promise? Our promise to them was, you know, in my speech, I said, we know, we now know your names and faces. Grew up in our community. We're proud of you. When you come back home, whether it's four years or 30 years, we'll still be here. We're the centers of influence in the community. If you need to get a job or you need to get into college, you come see us and we will help you. Wow. So now we get close now to 9-11. Yeah. And I knew immediately, I had two sons in the Rangers at the time. I'd been working with the Army. I knew what was the doctrine we're fighting. And so I knew we were going to be in a war quickly and it probably wasn't going to be a 100 hour war like the first Gulf War. We also knew that we had sent a lot of these young men off who were in what we call combat arms, infantry. And they're the ones that get chewed up. Yeah. Battle. And so I gathered all the business leaders together and I said, what are we going to do if one of those kids that we honored that we told we were going to help comes home severely injured. And, you know, one of the men said, well, isn't that the job of the VA? And I said, well, the VA does a lot of things, but they can't do what we can do. So it is our responsibility. And now we have to have a plan in case it happens. Yeah. Well, it happened in 2002. One of our high school graduates from San Ramon High School was run over by a tank, crushed, not expected to live. In the medical terms, they call that expectant. Uh, They wouldn't even move him from the hospital in Germany. He flew his parents over. Oh, no. Have the last rites. Well, he fought it off, but he was coming home to nothing. Parents were dysfunctional. He didn't have a place to live. Nothing. So one of our big builders, Chappelle Holmes, Mm -hmm. offered to give him an apartment for four years free rent. A little lady who couldn't drive anymore gave us a car that only had 20,000 miles on it for it. Uh, the Blue Star Moms, we gave them some money and they f- completely furnished the house with new furnishings. We got him a part-time job and we got him into school. And then we walked to the side for four years, advising and mentoring till he graduated. And then we got him a job, a full-time career job. So was that, that your first Sentinel? That was. His name's Jake Brown. Okay. Got his master's degree and he's actually working for us as a project manager. I love it. Worked for Tesla and he worked for uh, a couple other big corporations. And uh, he's just a a great, great young man. But he became the model. uh, And then we helped another and another and another. And then by uh, January of 07, we had a chance to take this program national from angel investor uh, who would help us for one year, one year only. And we had to be on our own two feet. And so I quit my job. And took a leap of faith, and here I am. And so now how many Sentinels have you helped? 
678 in our program. We call it Bridge to Education because what we're doing is bridging the gaps between their disability payment and the GI Bill. And there are gaps. There's always gaps. We want to keep them in college, bridge those gaps. So it take a little weight off their shoulders so they stick. And, uh, and then we put a mentor with them in their degree field. So if they're going to law, you know, they want to be a lawyer, we put a lawyer with them. If they're going into medicine, we put a doctor with them, et cetera, okay. et cetera. Um, and it's, it's proved to be a very uh, positive, uh, you know, 95% of our, our candidates are sentinels, as we call them, uh, graduate, go on to work, have a job within six months, some on the job the next day. Uh, but we tie that in with internships also. And uh, it really works out. Now, those are the ones we count as sentinels. If a young veteran walks in my office and says, I need a referral, I need something to hear there, whatever, I don't count him as a full scholarship sentinel. Okay. The other ones we don't count are the ones that are in our uh, student veterans resource centers. We've built six of them across the nation on community colleges, and it's their own space, veterans' own space to do their homework, to study, to collaborate. What happens when somebody comes back after four or 10 years in the military and they haven't gotten any education, formal education in uh, the academic sense, is that they're starting with a bunch of kids just coming out of high school. They do not mix. Right. Uh, and so they feel kind of isolated. And this way it brings them together. And, you know, they always end up doing community projects together. And it's just really proved to be a great program. We like to do one of those a year. That's about all we can afford right now. But uh, we hope that this grows across the nation. Yeah, I visited the one at Diablo Valley College Yeah, here in, in the Bay Area and um, was so impressed. I mean, it was actually... Um, a really peaceful place. And they told me that that was um, intentional, you know, because a lot of these veterans are coming back and they've got PTSD and the loud noises can be disturbing and that they, you know, stress the importance of them having a space with each other, which I thought was really interesting. I think it's really the first year back, the first year in college. It's quite an adjustment. It's quite a transition. Yeah. They basically lost their tribe. Yeah. They've served with them for a period of time. Everybody covers their back. I mean, it's it's a team or a tribe. And so it's a brand new experience for some of them. And, and that can be, uh, create a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And so this does give them a place to kind of decompress. And uh, we love it. It's just, and community support for it's been amazing. We did three at Contra Costa County, Las uh, Madonna's. Diablo Valley College and Contra Costa College. Okay. Uh, one at Alameda, one at San Francisco State, one up at Bozeman University in uh, Montana, State University in Bozeman, and then went out at a little Christian college called Lipscomb University in Nashville, um, and Middle Tennessee University. We've helped uh, help them get theirs started. So um, it's it's these these are really fun projects to do. Uh, I bet. You, so just the ones I mentioned. There's 2,500 veterans a year. Wow. Serve. That's a big number. Uh, but the other number, you know, people say, geez, you've been doing this so long. How come only 678? Well, you got to remember, they're with us four years. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of high touch in this program. And that's guarantees success. And so we're very careful about veterans that allow or, or approve. They've got to be driven. They've got to 
have their head screwed on right. We're not a treatment program. We're yeah. not, we don't, you know, that's not us. We're total education. We're not a recreation program. It's total education leading to career place. And as businessmen, we figured out that that was the best thing we could do. I would imagine there are literally thousands of veterans um, coming out of the service every year with severe wounds and um, needs. You want to hear the statistics right yes, out of the box? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every year, as predictable as the sun rising, 200,000 members of the military retire out. Okay. 200,000. 16,000 of those are medically retired. Okay. 3,000 are medically retired at 80% to 100%, which is in the severe category. Those are the ones that need the most help. Those are the ones that face the highest hurdles. Uh, and so those are the ones we focus on. Uh, we like to, we, our goal is 100 a year. Um, but we're very, very careful in the respect to fundraising. And we raise all the funds in the previous year for the whole program, for the whole four years per individual. That money is in the bank before we approve a scholarship. That way we will never have to tell a Sentinel, one of our scholarship recipients, that oh, we had a bad year. Uh, we can't uh, uh, finish your scholarship. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So that's the way we do it. So do they apply or do you reach out to them? How does that work? They apply online and the criteria is very simple. Honorable discharge. Uh, they have to have a, a, a VA rating above 50%. They have to have a clear idea of where they want to go and what they want to do. And we'll counsel them on that. And sometimes they have a lot of ideas and they need to narrow their swim lane a little bit. You know, clean record. We do a background check on all of them. We ask for letters of recommendation. Uh, and then we look at the at the impact of their injury uh, as, to, as to the severity, because the priority are the ones that are, are really severe that have uh, distinct mobility issues. Okay. Those are the ones that need all the extra help. And then you assist them, you, you were talking about a four-year, but you assist them more than just education, right? I mean, you help with housing and, like you said, job placement. So do some of your relationships with them go on multiple? Oh, many years. In fact, the beautiful thing about it is that uh, a lot of them now are back volunteering with us after they graduate, gotten that first job, volunteering with us to mentor other veterans behind them. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's powerful because they've been there. They've done that. And they speak the same language. Yeah. And we were in the same spot as the new uh, veterans coming into our program several years ago. And so they, they build a lot of confidence in the young veterans that are coming in that this is the right thing for them to do. But, you know, we always preach this, that this is not a charity. This is an investment. And we, our investors, myself, and everybody else that invests in Sentinel's Freedom expects a return. And our return is them working hard and becoming successful, getting through college, getting into the workspace and becoming successful, uh, maintaining standards, of course, uh, and being a good citizen, because we know that that investment will relate to uh, them doing good things in their communities, whether it's coaching Little League or volunteering at their church or whatever. Veterans really never stop serving. So is there one looking back um, that stands out to you that just really inspires you? Yeah, it's a tough one, though. It's uh, like picking your favorite child, I know. But yeah, no, this one's very tough. It's very personal. 
Uh, his name was Ryan Job. He was a septal, uh, doing excellent. He had been shot in the face in a place called Ramadi, Iraq, and uh, blinded. And still, still difficult. Um, in any case, he was an aspiring young man, Navy SEAL. We picked him up, got him into school. We got him a job with General Dynamics. And he was doing just great. Uh, graduated from college, was headed on to his master's degree. He was, uh, had been offered a full-time job with General Dynamics. We had mentors at General Dynamics for him that had befriended him, become just very close personal friends. He was down in Scottsdale. And uh, he had to go in for an operation, a pretty extensive operation, to kind of rebuild his face, his bones of his face. And we lost him post-op. He died. Oh, no. It's great. Got such a great kid and had such a great future. And that one really stung. That's the one. I talked to him probably five hours before he passed away. He was in the hospital. He was in a lot of pain. Plan said, well, I'm going to come down in a couple of days to see you when you're you're feeling better. And, of course, our mentors were there. But, you know, he and I had become very, very close personal friends. He visited the Pentagon with me. and, And we did a couple of trips back east. Uh, during his, his breaks in college and get him, give him a little break, give his wife a little break. At the end of our conversation, you know, I told him, told him I loved him like a son and that I would be down to see him soon. And he said, Mike, onto the objective, onto the objective. Mm-hmm. We hung up and that's the last words I heard from him. So oh. that's a motivator. That's a huge motivator for me. Of course, my sons are huge motivators for me. But these personal experiences are are so deep. You know, that had someone said, well, you're awfully passionate about what you do. And I said, yeah, yeah. And look at at the individuals I get to deal with. Right. And I'm sure there's other vocations that are like this, maybe ministers or maybe doctors or whatever. But you get so personally tied to them. They are like, they're like family. Yeah. And I think that's what our, our investors enjoy. Uh, I think that's what our mentors enjoy. We're dealing with some really amazing young men and women. And, uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, people talk about and give lip service to the fact that these young men and women are sacrificing for us overseas and for our freedoms. And and I, I think a lot of the times they get forgotten once they come home. You yeah, know, and once they're out of the service and it's like, well, assimilate now. And yeah. you do such an amazing job of honoring them and their sacrifices. I have an army behind me of good well, people. Well, Sentinels of Freedom does. So, yeah. yeah. And so I'm a very lucky guy in that respect. Yeah. I get to be the leader and decide where we're going and what we're doing. But it's the it's the people that just, it's an incredible uh, amount of people across America that have such a huge heart. I will tell you one thing, though. We had it. We had a, uh, our annual gala a couple of weeks ago in Blackhawk, California, and we honor one branch of the service every year. Um, and this year it was the Marine Corps. Okay. And so I had a, a couple of generals, uh, an admiral, a colonel, and two of our sentinels, both of them amputees. Um, one of them is named Johnny Joey Jones, and he's a Fox News commentator now. Really. Uh, he, yeah, and we, we helped him get through to uh, through Georgetown, 
he and his wife flew out from the gala and just such sweet people. But, you know, that was one of the questions I asked uh, the panel. We did a kind of a TED talk. I said, what, in all your experience, what can we as citizens, as communities do better? And he talked right up and he said, you know, I'm going to, can't give it to you verbatim, but basically he said, you know, his speeches don't feel sorry for us. In fact, don't do things that enable us not to do things for ourselves. Mm. Uh, you know, basically that, that that's the wrong way to go. He said, expect more out of us. And that, you know, that's kind of what I've been preaching, but he articulated it so well. Uh, and of course he's a, he's a news commentator. And so he's got his, his craft down pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, there were, you could have heard, a, there was 400 people there. You could have heard a pen drop. Yeah. Gave his, his opinion of that. Um, of course they all talk about their experience with Sentinels or positive experience, but you know, listening to that, you can get forgotten if you don't engage. Right. And, and if you want to get somewhere, you have to learn how to engage and, and it's not a bad thing to ask people for help. Yeah. How do I do this? Where do I go? Those kind of things. Uh, you know, there are some people, some veterans that just aren't going to make it right. be for various reasons. Uh, there's no, there, there's no way to help all of them, uh, but unless they want to help themselves, um, you know, friend of mine said, God helps those who help themselves. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we kind of have some different ways of talking to them. One is that when they're in our program, I want, focus, I want them to focus totally on self, their family and their future. Right. And, and this is hard for them because they always want to help the other veterans. They want to help the guys behind them. And I go, you can't do that. You got to focus on self at this period in your life because focusing on self right now guarantees your survival. Yeah. Some point down the road when you are successful you'll be able to help somebody else. But right now, we got to focus on self. It's like when you're in an airplane and they tell you to put the oxygen over yourself first before the person next to you, because, you know. Or, or before your child. Or before your child, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who's going to so, do that? Yeah, I know. But um, so, Mike, uh, as we're coming to the end of this, um, what can the average person do? I know there's not a lot of volunteer opportunities, but um, is it? money donations? Is it jobs? Is it mentoring? How do people get involved? Sure. Sure. Obviously, uh, charitable foundations, uh, you know, ours, for instance, we have some very solid doctrine. One is that we would never take a penny from the government. It's had to be citizen led. And so we've stuck with that. So of course money is whether, whether it's small or big or whatever, everybody can do something. Right. Mentoring. Yeah. That's, that's a great thing to do. You just have to you have to find the right veteran and the right circumstance. And that's a little, that's a tougher to do. Do you need to be a veteran to be a mentor? No, okay. no, you don't. And you don't have to live in the same town, although that's great, uh, because of all this new, you know, Skype and FaceTime and everything else. And mentoring is a 50, 50 deal. It can't be 60, 40 or 70, 30 right. to work. Uh, so that mentee mentor relationship is important as to, you have to water it. You gotta, you gotta nurture it. Um, and so that's, that's another important thing they could do. Uh, the other thing I tell people, especially around veterans day Memorial is it's very easy to forget about what those days are about, but 
I often get asked, what can we do on Veterans Day? And my answer is, every one of you, if you're living in a community, small or large, there's a veteran living near you that you may not even know is a veteran. Or you might see a flag in their front yard, or you might see a Marine Corps emblem or an Army emblem on their truck that identifies them as a veteran. And you kind of know that in the back of your head, but you've never engaged them. So, the next, you know, you may see an old guy with a Marine Corps hat on walking down the street and kind of head down in deep thought. You might think that you can't engage them. Well, that's wrong. You can. Yeah. Yeah. You can walk up and say, I wanted to wish you a happy Veteran's Day yeah. or, or, you know, Memorial Day. I live down the street. There's anything you ever need. or And listen to them because they <laughs> like to talk about their service. That makes their day. That's what you can do for a veteran is, is just... Keep an eye out for them in your neighborhood and be aware, uh, you know, they aren't, they don't like to boast a lot, yeah. uh, but they're there and just respect them. And, and if they need some help with anything, sometimes help comes in the form of just talking to them. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a great thing that you can do. Anybody can do that. And then the last thing I would say is teach your children well. Yeah. You know, I say that in my speeches a lot. I say, you remember that old song? Crosby, Stills, and Nash, teach your children. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> and they nod their head and they look at each other. And, and then I say, did you? And then yeah. now they kind of look at each other with a different look on their face. And then I say it again, did you? And now they're looking at me like, where are you going with this? Right. <laughs> I say, they're embarrassed or guilty. Never too late to talk yeah. to your children and your grandchildren about the service and sacrifice our military members and our veterans have made. Tell them your story. Tell them your uncle's story. Talk to them. Sit down in a quiet place and make them understand what Memorial Day and Veterans Day is, is about. And a little bit of history. They will not get this in school. Right. They used to, but now it's it's parents that have to pick up that flag and uh, and teach them well. I love it. Well, I will be sure to put a link to sentinels of freedom's website in the show notes thank you and before we go i've just got some rapid fire questions for you yeah shoot all right um you've gotten a lot of awards for what you and the organization have done is there one that's most treasured oh i think yeah there is yeah i have gotten quite a few awards i, I don't solicit them obviously but i was awarded from the uh daughters of the american revolution gave me their Medal of Freedom. And, wow. and that's special because uh, women going back in the history of the Revolutionary War have been such a big part of picking soldiers up uh, and caring for them. You know, family, wives, daughters, sisters, aunts. At Gettysburg, uh, women from both sides, the Confederate side and the Northern side, came to Gettysburg to uh, handle casualties and they worked side by side, even though they were on different sides. And that's something that's, that I think is only powerful. It's, it's, it's a story that's told, but it's not told enough. Right. So that to me was kind of a, the greatest honor uh, that I've gotten. I, I really uh, thought it was sweet. And they were just yeah. wonderful ladies. Yeah. Congratulations. All right. Favorite movie. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the longest day. Oh, okay. Dream vacation. I've done them. Have <laughs> yeah, I've done them, but I don't have any more to go. I don't, I, 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 there is one on my bucket list, and that's to visit Normandy. That's, oh, yeah. And both my wife and I both want 
that in my sons. And I'm hoping that one of these days when the, all the boys are out of the army, because they, you know, they bounce around a lot, um, yeah. that we can all do that. We can all go to Normandy. And of course, Rangers had a big part in uh, Normandy. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of. Oh, that'd be awesome. I look forward to seeing that picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And being that it's 4th of July, what's your favorite way to celebrate? Well, we always have a great parade in Danville. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been going to it since I was a little kid. And then my kids, when they were young, and that's always the, the fun time. I have been other places when at, on 4th of July too, but that, yeah. you know, hometown 4th of July is always great. You <laughs> get to see all your friends come out. You may, may not see them all year long, but you see them at the 4th of July parade. Yeah. Love it. And because this is called your daily chocolate, what's your favorite chocolate? Oh, I, I like uh, milk chocolate, light, light milk chocolate, not light dark. Any particular brand? Oh, I don't know. Not really. Uh, no? You know, I always, luckily we have a C's candy shop down the street here. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Brad. Happy 4th of July. You too. Yeah, have a nice 4th of July and safe and You know, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike. Uh, Definitely check out sentinelsoffreedom.org. Get involved. Help support our veterans today and every day. Be grateful for those who have sacrificed for those freedoms that we enjoy. I love what his, his example of the one soldier who said, don't feel sorry for us. Expect more of us. I don't know how we can possibly expect more than what they have already given, but I'm eternally grateful for all that they do. Have a wonderful Independence Day. Hope you get the chance to enjoy a small town parade. Uh, That's what I grew up going to, and it's just one of those wonderful things that we get to enjoy here in the United States. So happy 4th of July. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Hey, Patty, what's coming up next week? So glad you asked. I will have as my guest, Lori Zaleski, author of the book Funny Farm, which I don't know if it's on the New York Times bestseller list, but it should be. It was featured in People Magazine, and she writes about rescuing 600 farm animals and much more. You're going to enjoy this. So join us next week. As always, share this podcast with others. Feel free to comment, to review. Those are always welcome. Have a great week.